Welcome, everybody, to Sippin' and Shippin'. I'm your host, Brian Weinstein. We'll be kicking it here every other Friday, quenching your thirst for an insider's take to enhance your customer experience. So grab your drink of choice, kick back, it's Sippin' and Shippin' time. All right, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Sippin' and Shippin'. I am your host, Brian Weinstein, and back and refreshed from a nice vacation she's got that glowy red caitlin postal brian it's tan ish reddish reddish tan yes well rested and happy to be here uh, excited for today's episode welcome to the ecosystem welcome to the ecosystem and our special guest for today is our very own Marco DePaulis, Director of Partnerships. Marco, good special, morning. Special guest. Special, special guest. Good morning. Extra Thank special. you, guys. I, I appreciate the love. I, I like to say sun-kissed, Caitlin. Yeah. Yeah, that? yeah that's perfect. Go. I right. love that. I'll, I'll use that here on out. Sun-kissed. Sounds great. Yes. You're glowing. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. There it is. Yeah. Welcome, Marco. Thanks for joining us. Of so we're, we're, we're not... There's no there's no actual video for this podcast, but for those of you that know Caitlin, there's different shades of red. <laughs> hey, but this is better, a healthy shade. It's better than Casper, right? So I'll take it. Sunkiss Brian, come on, listen Sun to our kiss, friend Marco I like here. I like it. So we brought Marco on to dispel the myth that people in partnerships are anti-social uh, introverts who hate posting on social media. Can you can you defend that, not defend that? How do you feel, Marco? I, I, uh, I, feel, I feel a little bit targeted. Um, <laughs> targeted but not triggered. Your targeted turn. but not triggered. <laughs> not triggered, no, no, I'm, I'm calm, I'm calm. Um, no, we are generally a pretty extroverted, extroverted type. I, I was kind of thinking about it the other day. I think naturally, the personality is just uh, the, the type that like to gather around other people and connect with other people and incorporate, you know, lots of different personalities into a room and to converse with all different types of perspectives and folks like that. At least generally, that's the vibe I get from the large majority of the folks that I work with on the partnership and, side. And Marco, for, for people who don't know what a, what a partnerships organization is and what they do for, for, for a company, can you, can you sort of explain that to the audience? Yeah, for sure. So the way that I typically look at it and describe it, you have in an organization, the typical sales organization, you have a marketing organization, you have a customer success organization. Those are all very well-defined you know, teams and practices. When it comes to partnerships, it's this funky set and group of folks who really work with the third parties around your technology or your company, right? So they can be vendors, they could be integration technologies that interact with your sales team, your marketing team, and your customer success team. And so instead of having different touch points for all of those different groups with these third-party vendors, you source that to one one team, right? So you have that partnerships team that owns those relationships with those third parties, and you are collaborating internally with, with you know, your three sort of legs of the stool and then their three legs of the stool. Makes, makes sense. That's a new definition right off right off the top of my head I just came up with. I think <laughs> it works fantastic. pretty well. It works. It, it definitely works. So tell us a little, how did you get started in partnerships? So I started my career in sales and marketing. And as you guys know very well, as you are developing solutions for your prospects and your customers, 
there's always other pieces of technology or, or parties involved, right? So I started in, in e-commerce, a website development sales and marketing about 10 years ago or so. There's always like, okay, we're going to use this type of website platform and okay, you're already working with that design agency. And so we have to collaborate with them. And then there's these other sort of ancillary technologies that we're always going to incorporate because we know they work really well. We rely on them. We trust them and we know they're good solutions. And so always I found myself crafting a few different sort of like menus, so to speak, right? Like with my proposals um, in, in the sales function. And as I continued to do that more frequently, I was developing closer relationships with those other technologies and those other vendors, right? And then we'd start to sort of say, hey, I think you know this would be a really great fit for you. And they would come back and say the same thing for me. And then it became this really great, healthy, bi-directional, mutually valuable sort of relationship. And I didn't realize it at the time, 10, you know, nine, 10 years ago, but I was kind of doing partnerships inadvertently. I did that in a couple different jobs. I, I stumbled in the Shopify ecosystem. In Shopify, it is particularly connected. Like it is a platform that is designed to be pretty light on its feet, but extendable through thousands and thousands of different apps. And right. so when you're designing like a project for a brand on Shopify, you naturally have to rely on like 10 to 20 plus little, you know, tools and, and vendors. Right. Wow. Uh, and so I just like was building such great relationships with all these guys and we were putting together really great projects. And I was like, wait a second, I can just do this one little function of, of partnerships exclusively because it is such a connected ecosystem rather than having to do all of the prospecting, the whole sales life cycle, and then the handoff to customer success, and then kind of go go keep closing deals. And that was really my favorite piece of it was that partnerships piece. So then I was like, I just want to do that full time. And so that was like six or seven years ago, I guess. That's yeah. the background. Uh, that's fantastic. And I mean, it, it really, you get yourself involved with these vendors, and then you can then bring value to others that you're working with. Yeah, 100%. It, you know, it starts with value to the customer first. Like that's always been my philosophy is how can we make sure that we're putting together the best project and the best result for our client? If that benefits somebody else because we're bringing them business, that's awesome. If I do that enough, then like I'm going to then benefit because I'm doing such a great job incorporating their technology. They trust us to use that technology, right? And so when they have a customer that's looking for someone to help them with that technology, they're gonna say, oh yeah, Marco's team uses us all the time. You should go work with them because we trust them. And so when you focus on that customer and you prioritize how you deliver the most value to them, it's like an externality is that you end up doing really healthy partnerships while improving your retention with that customer and that satisfaction and therefore that lifetime value. And then, you know, the things that come out of it are also beneficial to your business and their business, but it's sort of like a, a secondary, you know, value proposition. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I loved your impromptu definition of partnerships. And as you were describing it, I visualized, you know, the center and all these spokes and, you know, 
ecosystem, and I'm, we, I don't have a bell, but I'm keeping track of how many times we use that word here. <laughs> We're at number four, if you count my first one. Um, and it sounds to me, you used the word trust a lot. Um, and when you were describing how you kind of started down this partnerships path, I thought of like more formalized collaboration, right? When I uh, joined this team uh, at Rider Ecommerce, we didn't have a partnerships team. Um, we were collaborating. We were working with other uh, folks, whether that was integrators, software platforms, you name it. Uh, but it was less formalized. What was it? Fast forwarding now to your role here, you started this from scratch. Tell us a little bit about that. How do you get started? Obviously, you have this great amount of expertise. Team of one coming in. What was that like for you? It was awesome because I, I love I love building things. I've always worked at startups and was always super early employee or like first official salesperson or first marketing person. And so a um, pioneer. Excited. I, yeah, yeah, it's not a, I'll take that. Yeah, there you go. That. Your son kissed friend over here. <laughs> it's so I, I get excited by an opportunity and I look at like, I, I think of it as a blue ocean. Um, but this was definitely a particularly complex, you know, sort of partnership motion and, and ecosystem to build out because it's not just technology, but there's so much impact on people when you're yeah. when you're talking about warehouses right which is like a right. whole nother layer to uh what is a typical partnership sort of function is which is very very heavy tech right it's right integrations uh mostly and like how these tools kind of play with each other but now we got a whole nother layer of we got people at the warehouse and these things actually change their jobs and change how they fulfill their orders and and all of that and so to not be too wordy it was a really exciting challenge, something that I had to learn a lot because I was previously in a very software heavy world, but it's been an amazing experience because I think that in a relatively short amount of time, we have gotten a lot of great buy-in and we've shown a lot of shown a lot of value to all these different teams, not just those three stools I mentioned earlier, sales, marketing, and customer success, but a very physical human operation side too that uh, is not an easy easy persona to you know sort of get buy-in and and kind of have have join on your ride yeah you know it's going back to that whole trust factor there's a lot of elements at stake because you've got we're going to either make a recommendation to a customer mm -hmm. or take a recommendation from a customer and and there needs to be the trust factor between us and the partner Yep. Um, because, uh, you know, it's a reflection of us, regardless yep. of what we do, whether it's internal or, or external, as the partnerships group, when you're putting your a logo to the partners, to, uh, to your partnership banner, there has to have been a built trust. Can, can you talk a little, like, how do you select people? Like, where do you, how do you, how are you selecting those, those partners and how are you yep. making sure that, if there are trust issues that come up with a partner and you know when I'm saying trust, it's not, they're being dishonest, but maybe they're not performing the way they should. How, yeah. do, how do you go about either one selecting them and then two saying, Hey, you know, we're going to pause with them if there's an issue. So trust is the most important part of any relationship, right? Whether it's personal or, or business, it's 
such a important part in partnerships, particularly not just with, so it's, it's important with your customers. It's important with these other vendors, which are your partners. And it's also really important internally, right? Because you guys have to trust me that I'm bringing the right solutions to your prospects. The customer success organization has to trust in me to go talk to their customer uh, and make sure that I'm going to deliver value. And so that is absolutely of the most importance in everything that we do. And we never want to lose that because trust is, what do they say? It's earned in drops and lost in buckets. So Ooh, like the way that. that I look at it is- I don't know quality. that I've ever heard that before, by the never, way. I oh, like man. that. Bring it back, bring it back. Say it again. Once that sinks in, <laughs> earned, in earned in drops, lost in buckets, right? Wow. Yeah, it hits It hits once it, once it sinks it in. It does. <laughs> and so um, to get to your question, we- Take it really seriously. So when we're looking at, you know, potential partners, one, I always tell everybody internally, externally, quality over quantity. So I'm going to make sure that we select partners that are a really good fit for our customers. They have great technology. They are vetted. They're highly trusted in the ecosystem. They have great reviews. And I'll try and make sure that we have some customers actually using that theme, that thing, and then go and talk to them. Then we don't want to just like jump in with two feet and say, great, we're going to go partner with them. We're going to refer them to everybody we possibly can. We're going to sort of take it slow. And so, you know, as you guys know, like our, our EDI partner, that came from a customer recommendation. We didn't just right. go with the leader in the market because we actually, that leader has, they have some trust issues with their customers. And so we got the recommendation from a couple clients and we took that, we vetted it, we, we had some good conversations and then we started to move forward a little bit and we slowly roll it out. And we wanna make sure that we have a close uh, and small feedback loop with those, those customers of ours that we're recommending it to. And being very honest and candid and saying, you know, hey, this is trusted by some customers. It's a little bit newer for us from a partner perspective. You know, I wanted to introduce it to you. Would love to get your feedback. And if you guys move forward, we want to stay really close with you and understand that experience. And so that's, you know, generally how we try and approach it. And I think so far it's worked pretty well, but there's also been, you know, we've we've made a couple slip ups too in the past. And we we have to make sure that if we do make a mistake or if something turns out to, you know, cause issues, we rectify that really quickly and we show everybody involved, the customer, you know, you guys, everyone internally, that we are on top of it. We're aware of it. We're not going to let that continue. We're going to fix it and we're going to pivot and adjust however we can. Yeah. I mean, the value of the partnerships program, I mean, for us in, in our world as a 3PL, the benefit of it is a happy, healthy customer. That's it. I mean, that's what we're getting from it. So, it's, it's very important we're making recommendations that are the right ones for them um, and that are going to perform. So I, I, I would imagine vetting them is extremely important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you keep it small, it's, it's a little bit easier to right, to control that quality. So, yeah. Yeah. Driving the value and really just positioning ourselves as that subject matter expert through the, the, information that partnerships is feeding us in the sales process, I think is invaluable. And I know that my misconception was when the team was brought on, you guys have all these great connections within the ecosystem. And I'm like, yeah, okay, business development had on leads, leads, leads. 
Um, and you made a great point, Marco, and it's always resonated with me was, you know, this is like a bank account. You need to make your deposits before you can make withdrawals. And that was totally your, you know, you brought that to us, to our table. And I started thinking about that in that way, where now it was less about me and let's be customer obsessed. Let's see, even if we're not the right fit, how can we help this team? Mm -hmm. So that was one of my misconceptions about partnerships. What are some other misconceptions that folks have about what, what your team brings? I'm, I'm so glad that that stuck. Makes me so happy. Uh, I yeah. cannot claim I cannot claim that phrase either. That is a really big misconception, right? People, a lot of organizations in particular, they look at partnerships as another lead funnel, and they right. just look at it as like a marketing and sales, you know, sort of arm and extension. And yes, it has that potential, but it can't work at scale if you're not approaching it from a a sort of customer centric customer value perspective because you know the lifeblood of partnerships at the end of the day is happy mutual customers and you have to bring you know potential customers to your partners to actually get anything back from them but you want to do it in the best possible way right and so that's why we focus so much internally on helping our teams understand, you know, hey, these are great vendors for like these problems and challenges that our customers are facing. Here's the proof, here's case studies, here's information. And how do we work with you to help solve these problems for your customers or with you, Caitlin and the team with the prospects that you're talking to. And when we lead with that, that helps us identify challenges that we can help solve for that person. And then that turns into a business opportunity for that partner. That's the best way to go about it. And in, in my experience, both from like a relationship perspective and a trust perspective, and then it comes back around. Like I'd much rather create opportunities for the business because we've been a good partner and we have led with value to the customer and we end up bringing so much value to so many customers which then turns into value to our partners that they just want to do the same for us but a lot of companies want to just turn this spigot on and say okay we're going to do partnerships now we're going to go do some co-marketing we're going to add these people to a partner program and they're just going to start bringing us leads because we're amazing it's like that's not it's not how it works <laughs> And uh, you're going to be very disappointed in six to 12 months when things just aren't really rolling in like you would expect it to. It's a long game. Look, in our solar system, our, our center of our universe, our ecosystem, if you will, mm -hmm. ding, ding, ding. is the brands that we cater to, right? So that's what our partnerships focus is. Does it work in all industries? I mean, if I'm a software vendor, does it make sense for me to have a partnerships program for my customers that mm -hmm. I am selling to? And, and how does that work? And, and it, do, it doesn't translate to other industries. Yeah, absolutely. It's a super good question. I think so, yes. I mean, if you serve a customer, they have other needs that you don't serve. So let's just water it down as much as possible. You can only serve, you know, A, B, and C to a customer that's running a business. A business needs a lot of different things, whether it's lots of other technologies or lots of other vendors, right, to, to run and grow a business. And so all partnerships is at the end of the day is, you know, two organizations who serve a similar client or customer, and they're solving different challenges and pain points, right? And so you see trends in whether it's, you know, that same ecosystem or a different one, 
uh, where customers are buying, you know, these different things. And so you can very easily say, okay, we serve the same type of customer. Uh, we solve this problem. You guys solve this problem. And so therefore, like we are symbiotically helping that, that customer at the end of the day, we can talk to each other, help each other out, refer each other, these customers that we work with, because we know we're both delivering value to them. And then we can go to market together and go tell people these great stories of how, you know, we do all these things. So it's particularly common in the technology ecosystems because there's data connectivity and data plays. And so there's a lot of value you can drive for customers when you're sharing data, right? The more data they have, the better decisions they can make, you know, the more sort of automation. So it's it's really, really easy to spin up when you're in e-commerce or you're in other technology and software verticals. But I've done it at agencies where we were, we were essentially a service, right? Like we weren't a technology, we were a service building on technologies. And I talked to a lot of other companies and other verticals and industries that uh, they have a lot of potential to help their customers by bringing them other providers. And so, yeah, it's super applicable in basically any industry, in my opinion. You just have to think about it that way. Find those other value add, you know, providers and services, and you just start to work together and collaborate. It's amazing to me, and I, I you know, I, I sometimes I say these things, and it's it's really about where I am in my career, and I'm somewhat tenured. You know, it used to be just there were referrals, like yeah, I got a guy, and and here, yeah, get, 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 that's the the I got a guy type. Of yep. thing, is that right? tenure? Is that Jersey? <laughs> it's a little jumble. Well, the, 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 I got a, a I got a guy. A little I got a guy is Jersey, yeah, yeah. but the the referral yeah. part is yeah. But it's 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 taken it to a level. And I think it's perfected it to a, to a, a, a strong degree because you don't just have this connect this re, this referral. You, you're actually going out there and building the relationship with the vendor, understanding if that's the right relationship for your organization mm -hmm. to use as a reference. And it's just it, it's amazing how it's become such a an important part. I know for our business, but I'm sure for many people's businesses, uh, and, and it's really taken it to a whole other level. What is your definition of success? How do you measure that? How do you know if your partnerships program is working for you? Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Glad you brought that up. I actually want to hit on that comment and that um, correlation real quick before I answer your question, Brian, because if you water partnerships down a lot, that is like this sort of original partnerships, you know, sort of function, right? It's uh, hey, I need something. Who can I ask to get me to that thing? Right. And it's been around forever, forever, but it comes down to trust. And the other side of this, right. We've been talking a lot about our businesses and our partners. The other side is the customer. And I think in this decade in particular, customers, you know, the brands that we work with and the brands that are, that are out there, they are completely inundated with everything out there, right? There's more uh -huh. providers than ever. There's more technology than ever. There's more marketing and advertising than ever. Everybody's the best. Everybody's, you know, global solution, leading, whatever, number one, number one rated. And so they also are having trouble identifying who to use and where to go and, and who right. to work with, right? And so that's yep. the other side of it too, is how do you become that trusted recommendation, right? to somebody else's customers. And 
that's been around again, you know, forever, right? Like I'm going to go ask my plumber for an electrician contact rather than just like Google a local electrician because I'm going to trust him more than that Google result. And it's the same thing uh, with any any buyer today, I think, is in yeah. that, you know, yeah. in that state. Consumer just comes so much more prepared, right? The buyer already did their research. They know yeah. who has what. They already have identified these people. It's that last, you know, Facebook mom recommendation. Hey, which, exactly. which, which landscaper do you use? And next thing you know, everyone's using this guy. 100%. And I think there's it, trust, trust in that word of mouth. And word of mouth is essentially a, a formalized partnerships, right? Yep, exactly. In a way. Exactly, yeah. it is, for sure. It's not just, you know, my, my Uncle Morty and my, and my, and my friend, <laughs> my friend, my friend down the street does that. You know, this is a, a really... I mean, the amount of time and energy that goes into curating that, those selected partners, it's it's become so refined that the trust level is 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 certainly there, right? Because it's going to have an impact on everybody, and you need to make sure that you have it. And I, it's it's just amazing to see the evolution of it and and where yeah. it came from. I really appreciate the approach too, as far as not going out of the biggest and best name. You kind of alluded to it before, Marco. Where's the value in the boutique or someone who's doing executing this really well? Yep. Um, and how can we partner with them? I think that's trust as well and advocating for those folks, but doing that rigorous uh, vetting so that you're 100%. not just getting caught out there. Talk about some challenges that you've had or maybe where the vetting went a certain way and the partner wasn't what you expected or just some challenges in general that you've had. For sure. Yeah. And I want to acknowledge I never answered Brian, so maybe we'll get back to <laughs> I was, it. I was going to come yeah. back to it. I thought <laughs> he was skirting it. You're kidding. No, no, no. I have that in my back pocket. <laughs> challenges. I've, I mean, here's something. Nobody's perfect, right? And so you have to keep that in mind. Um, and every relationship is a two-way street. So you have to, you want to get ample data before you really, you know, sort of like go all in on something. And so you, I guess I'm, I'm just prefacing this by saying sometimes you get an example where a partner is involved in something, you have to really dig in and understand, okay, was it the customer that was just like being difficult here or didn't do something right? Or was it the vendor? Was it the partner? And so, you know, you just want to make sure you do your research there. Where have we got it wrong? I think what sometimes we get excited about, what we think about as being uh, a great value to our customers may not be what a certain team really cares about at that point in time. And so we might say, hey, we have this amazing new partner. We have all these great, you know, mutual customers together. They've seen a lot of success. We know that uh, they'd be a great recommendation and it's like crickets and we're like okay why was that such a dud like we thought that was going to be really exciting and really valuable and we'll ask like the customer success team and they'll be like yeah that's great but like we're not having those conversations like we're not talking about that part of their business and it does it kind of behooves us to try and try and talk about that when that's not our expertise and it's not something relevant to what we're doing every single day sure. and so you know where we've missed the mark, I think, here and there is we've, you know, kind of brought somebody on as a partner and we thought that it was going to, you know, accelerate pretty quickly and we were going to be able to really help a lot of our customers with that solution. And it just wasn't that relevant to some of the, you know, some of the internal teams that we thought it, it would be. You know, you know, Marco, you can't score if you don't take the shot. Exactly. It's, it's the bottom line. It's, right? it's you, a really great learning lesson, though, at the end of the day, because that's one, again, all the way back to, 
what I was saying earlier, you know, where you have this extra layer when you're talking about fulfillment in 3PL that does not exist in the software world. Uh, we had to learn that the hard way because my entire team were all software people. And so now we understand, okay, the operators, they have a very different life than the customer success team and a very different life from, from you guys on the sales side. And so we have to make sure that we're curating and we're talking to them a little bit differently than we are you guys, right? And we're giving them recommendations that are gonna be different and that we focus on different challenges and different like metrics of success when it comes to partners. And so we, we've learned and uh, learned a lot and have grown a lot, I think in that in that way. So come on to Paul's, don't, don't duck the success thing. How do you measure the success? <laughs> so I'll start off with, here's what people try to measure right out the gate. And I think it, it drives the wrong actions is the only thing they start to think about is, okay, what's the net new pipeline here, right? And it's, okay, so then you're telling me by giving me that number that the only thing you care about is driving business, right, for the organization. That's the reverse of like customer value, you know? And so I try and flip that on its head. And again, it's a philosophy thing and a, and a way of doing partnerships the right way and, and long-term and really customer value centric or just doing it as like a function to, to drive sales. I, I like to really look at it as, okay, what metric can we associate with like value to the customer? So we can associate lifetime value, right? So is a brand that is working with partners uh, more value to us as an organization than without, then hopefully that means that partners have helped them, right, grow they, and, and we've helped retain them. Retention naturally is like another metric where can we see a higher retention rate with customers if partnerships is involved versus if they're not. And then I think about expansion revenue as well. So how do we measure the growth of a customer to us versus just looking at net new revenue, right? Because then we're saying, okay, we wanna help our customers grow. We wanna help them be bigger accounts for us, but we also wanna help them be bigger businesses, right? Because if they're bigger, then, then we all grow together. And so those are the things that I really like to focus on more from a customer value perspective, which you know usually aligns more with like the customer success team and things like that. Of course, you have net new revenue that's gonna come through from your partners. Of course, you're going to see, you know, a bump in the, the marketing metrics, whether it's traffic or number of pieces of content and things like that, because ideally you're doing co-marketing with these partners and you're all shouting, you know, how great each other are from the rooftops and you're doing all this great work together. The last thing I'll toss in there that I measure, and I think it's, you know, kind of back to those original pieces, how many referrals have we made to our partners? And I want to make sure that like that's grounded in that customer value. It's not just about throwing things at them and, you know, making random introductions to our partners. That's not the goal. The goal is that it's correlating to, you know, that lifetime value. It's correlating to that retention. It's correlating to that expansion revenue. And we can do those things by helping our customers meet more partners, right? And leverage more tools and more services that uh, we know that they're going to appreciate and they're going to benefit from. I think that's it's, that was a brilliant answer, by the way. Um, <laughs> I really thought you were going to say measure of success was just the fact that I continuously bring you up in executive business team meetings. <laughs> that is a like, qualitative one. <laughs> but I, I will say just, you know, it's a long play. It really is a long play. And I, to your point, if you're thinking of this as just as immediate impact on sales, that's not what it's about. It's about yeah. deepening the relationship 
with your current customers and even prospects, right? It's just paying yep. into those deposits. Look, at the end of the day, all we want is to be surrounded, whether they're clients of ours or not, they're just people that are considering us. We want to be surrounded by successful companies. And your team, your the partnerships group, plays a part in that because of the introductions they're making to help them complete what is going to help them be successful. If you think about it a short-sighted way, then in my opinion, you shouldn't bother having a partnerships program. If you're looking at it as a long play, then it's the right direction to go. Ryan, I feel a LinkedIn post coming on. (laughs) <laughs> that is a good LinkedIn post right there. That is, that is. Uh... <laughs> Can somebody write that for me? Because I don't know. I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> I mean, to, to, hear, to hear the way you describe it, Brian, when, you know, I came into the organization almost two years ago now, nobody knew what it was, what I did, why it mattered um, is amazing. And so uh, I'm so happy to hear how excited you are about it and, and how you look at it. And I know this isn't new. Like you've been you've been drinking the Kool-Aid for, for a bit now and I love it. Yeah. So much but i think it's more widely understood across the organization because we take that approach at the end of the day again back to metrics anytime you set a specific you know target you're incentivizing an action right no matter what so if you Mm -hmm. if you put a goal to do something okay that person has to do whatever it takes to hit that thing if you set the wrong goals and and then you're going to incentivize the wrong sort of action to your point. And so if you just look at it as pipeline and sales, then you're just going to have a bunch of salesy people saying, Hey, let's partner up and like, just send me all the business you can. There's, there's no benefit to, to your customers and to all those other really important metrics that I, that I talked about that are important for a healthy, sustainable business. So um, you have to have that approach and philosophy to design the right metrics to then drive the right activity. And it is, it takes time to get there ultimately. That's awesome. Well, Margaret, I think you've done a tremendous job dispelling the myth that partnerships is introverts. (laughs) And I will say you can turn a phrase like no other. I think I've learned two or three new phrases on this podcast (laughs) alone. So appreciate that. Marco DePauls, thank you for coming on. Um, it's been it's been great. It's been great working with you over the last uh, last few years. Likewise. And uh, what you bring to the organization overall has, has been invaluable. So thank you very much for that. Thank you, guys. Caitlin, Caitlin, you want to take us out? Sure. For those of you not counting, we had seven mentions of the word ecosystem. Make sure that you're giving and taking, folks. Um, Thank you, Marco. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Check us out every other Friday at SippinAndShippin.com or on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys.